We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. New England sending QB Jimmy Garoppolo to 49ers. We believe we found the right guy. Garoppolo, quick pass, caught by Kittle. He dives, and he's in. Touchdown, 49ers. Kittle is going to go. Touchdown. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Candlestick Chronicles. My name's Chris Biederman. I cover the 49ers for the Sacramento Bee. Guys, be sure to check out ShipStation.com and use promo code BLUE for Blue Wire. Joining me as always on this pod, it is Kyle Madsen of Niners Wire of the USA Today Sports Media Group, who's in somewhat of a, of a career transition. Uh, is there anything you can say about your new job, Kyle? Yeah, I'm going to be because I've been doing radio here in Sacramento for uh, the better part of the last three years. I'm moving on next week to work out in the Bay Area, not work out in the Bay Area. I'm going to work in the Bay Area, Um, although I haven't done my schedule yet. I might end up working out in the Bay. Sorry, that's a different thing. Anyways, uh, (laughs) um, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to be at a radio station in, in San Francisco, and that means Hopefully, fingers crossed, that I'll be out at uh, every 49ers game this year, kind of doing double duty with Niners Wire and then with with my new stations. So that's an exciting thing for me, a step up career-wise and uh, something I'm really looking forward to. Yeah, that's awesome. You being at the games will certainly help uh, for this podcast in particular, assuming you're not going to be too big time and bounce from this little yeah. outfit we have going on here. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think it's going to be really good for my brand. <laughs> Get some clout, some, yeah, some likes on I'm your tweets. Doing it, 
doing it all for clout, dude. Perfect. You know how much my pregame videos of guys fielding punts? Those are going to do numbers. Yeah, for sure. That's what everyone thinks is that it's really funny. Like I used to just film everything I saw out on the field. And and what you don't realize is while you're doing it is the Internet is already flooded with those videos that people don't really care as much as you care about your own stuff. Right. Um, so, so anyway, look, these guys are dancing. <laughs> yeah. Great. They're hyped. Nice. And the funniest thing about it, too, is like on the field, there's, it's kind of electric and there's a lot of energy because like the music's going and like. You know, the guys are out there getting hyped for the game and stuff. And it's, you know, an hour or two before the game, what whatnot. And then, like, in the stands, it's completely empty because it's so early <laughs> before the game. Yeah. that it's just like, oh, man, this place is rocking. And then you, like, see the video. You're like, oh, it's, it's like, completely empty. It's stands. like, oh, that's just because of the loud Travis Scott over the speakers. I see right. now. <laughs> right. Or 21 Savage or, or someone cool like that. Yeah, our hip-hop knowledge, man. Love yeah. It. Yeah. We're pretty cool. Um, so we are officially at the midway point or just about the midway point of training camp. And we've seen eight training camp practices. Uh, I've written, I think, I don't know, like three posts a day. I, every day is starting to blend together. We wow, publishing three posts a, a day. All right. Well, three like long <laughs> posts a day. I'm publishing like over 3000 words a day. So I, it's all blending together. Uh, my brain is is sort of like mush right now, but uh, the Niners are not practicing as we uh, record this on Monday. They have a day off, luckily. So we get to recharge the old batteries a little bit. But um, I guess we can we can start with with the Michael Crabtree news. It's not a it's not a huge story, but Michael Crabtree, obviously the former 49ers receiver today, minutes ago, uh, it was reported by Pro Football Talk, is signing with the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, so the 49ers presumably are going to get to face their old their old friend, Michael Crabtree, twice a year. And uh, it'll be particularly interesting to get Richard Sherman, uh, his thoughts about the signing. I'm sure he'll have something interesting to say, but maybe a little spice for these uh, Niners Cardinals games. Yeah, that'll be that'll be interesting for sure. If uh, if a if Crabtree makes the team and B, if he and Sherman line up against one another, I feel like it's going to be much different those two now in their early thirties than it was in their, you know, mid twenties, five years ago, but um, still might, like you said, maybe, maybe add just a little, little hint of, of something back into the 49ers Cardinals rivalry, because both of those teams have been not so good for a while. Right. The Niners Cardinals rivalry probably isn't going to be where the Niners Seahawks rivalry was uh, back earlier this decade, but an interesting, an interesting play for the Cardinals in, in the NFC West, uh, a little bit of injury news for the 49ers D Ford, probably going to miss, uh, the next week with knee tendonitis. He got platelet rich plasma injected into his knee. He's, he's, uh, I mean, the Niners aren't concerned about the injury. They think if there were games happening right now that he would be able to play through it. They're just being uh, cautious like they are with just about every player who's dealt with an injury throughout the offseason and or training camp. Um, so their level of concern is low. They think that, they, that the injury could basically be alleviated with treatment and, and time off. Uh, and we're still more than a month away from the season opener. So there's plenty of time for Ford to get healthy. He has he's been pretty limited in practice. I think they he's getting, you know, something like six or eight snaps with the with the starters per practice. So it's not necessarily a case of them running into the ground and he got a knee injury. It sounds like, according to Kyle Shanahan, that this is something that Ford's dealt with throughout his career, and the 49ers are just trying to nip it in the bud now before it possibly becomes an issue later down the line. And obviously Ford, who 
you know, he had two back surgeries during his time with the Chiefs in 2017. Durability is a little bit of a concern, but he also played a thousand snaps last year, indicating that, you know, I know he changed his diet. He did a lot to to stay on the field last year for the Chiefs. And I'd imagine he's doing similar things now that he's with the 49ers and and has a big contract that he needs to earn. So um, overall, I, I my level of concern about Ford's injury is, is pretty low, but we'll have to see when he gets back on the practice field. I'd imagine the Niners are, are going to aim to get him back when they have their joint practices against the Denver Broncos before their preseason game in the, uh, in the second week of the preseason schedule. Yeah, that, that would make a lot of sense. There's, there's really no rush to bring him back right now. If he has any sort of pain or discomfort, like they're circling September 8th. That's, that's the date that matters. Uh, Robert Sala said the other day in his, in his post-practice press conference that I think it was, I think it was Friday. I think it was Friday, maybe Saturday, but, he mentioned that Ford actually has less to do in the 49ers defense than he did in the Chiefs defense. So there's not a huge learning curve for him. So I think the Niners are going to take that into account and just really make sure that he is 100% by September 8th, even if it means really limiting his practice time in in, uh, in training camp. Yes, Ford's responsibilities as a pass rushing defensive end. I mean, he, he probably has the most the easiest job just in terms of like responsibilities and and things he has to know, like he has to get after the quarterback off the edge. There's not a whole lot else. He's not, you know, he's not running routes or or doing things like that. So yeah, overall not it. It doesn't sound like the Niners are overly concerned with this injury. Jarek McKinnon, uh, by the time you listen to this on Tuesday might be activated off the PUP list following his ACL injury. Uh, He tweeted out, Something to the effect of, you know, it's been 11 months and five days. Let's get back to it. Uh, He tweeted that out today on Monday. So it could be that he's activated off the PUP list for Tuesday. That doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be reinserted to practice right away. In fact, I would bet the Niners are going to take a week or two uh, just to ensure that uh, he's he's fully healthy. He has a clear understanding of, of what he needs to do within the offense schematically, playbook wise. Uh, they're doing that with Jimmy Ward right now. What the thing is with the PUP list is you cannot be on the field for walkthroughs uh, when when you're on the list. So once you're activated, you can participate in walkthroughs, and that's what the 49ers are doing with Jimmy Ward. So I would imagine that would be the benefit of getting McKinnon off of PUP and back onto the active roster because right now he can't do that. So by the time you're listening to this on Tuesday, there's a, there's a decent chance that that happens. Um, I don't know if he would practice in those uh, in those joint practices against the Broncos. Uh, I want to say they're the 16th and 17th of August. Um, I think the Niners are, are I mean, it, the theme throughout the offseason really is keeping everybody healthy. So they're trying to limit everybody's workload and, and get them ramped up for week one. So I wouldn't expect them to uh, to push McKinnon too much during the preseason or even practice beforehand. So it could be that he sits out the entire thing and and we get our first look at, at what he looks like in the Niners offense week one. Um, and that's it for the injury news. So what we're going to do in this podcast is we're going to go through our own 53 man roster projections and Kyle, you and I made our own projections. So we're going to talk about uh, sort of training camp and, and, and what we think is, is happening in terms of how the numbers are, are going to crunch out. So we'll start with the specialists just to get them out of the way. It's going to be Robbie Gold, Mitch Wisnowski, and Colin Holba because Kyle Nelson is suspended for, uh, I believe it's still the first six games of the season after getting nailed with a 10-game suspension for performance-enhancing substances last year. So 
I think you have those three too, right? You don't have them making a surprise splash addition at, at yeah. long snapper. Okay, great. <laughs> no, I have them. I have them cutting Mitch Wisnowski and re-signing Justin Vogel. Actually, wow, that would be that would be fascinating. That would... <laughs> no, that no, I have I have the same three as you. Okay, good. Niners draft Twitter would would love that. Uh, all right, so at safety, I have Jimmy Ward, Jaquaski Tart, Tervarius Moore, Marcel Harris, and Adrian Colbert. That's five guys at the safety spot. And it gives you a little bit of versatility with more who could also play cornerback. Yeah. And then it, there's also, we'll, we'll get to him in a moment, but DJ Reed can also play some safety if need be. I think the reason right. they have to keep five is just because of the injury history of some of those guys. Tart has right. had his injury problems. Ward has his injury problems. Colbert finished last year on IR. So I think having a couple extra guys there who can, who can also fill in at corner is probably pretty important. So I have those same five. Okay, so at cornerback, I have Richard Sherman, Jason Verrett, Akella Witherspoon, Kwan Williams, and DJ Reed Jr. Uh, pretty straightforward, I think. The Niners, I, I actually have Tim Harris uh, going to the practice squad, their six-round pick. And then really, uh, I mean, you're, you're looking at Greg Maben, Dante Johnson, Emmanuel Mosley, another practice squad candidate, Tyree Robinson, and Alex Brown. Um Actually, Alex Brown hasn't been on the team in a while. I need to uh, update update my spreadsheet here. But yeah, I think it's pretty straightforward. You you could make the case for maybe Harris. He's he's having a pretty good camp, but I just think numbers wise, you're pretty limited in what in what you can do in terms of you know having six cornerbacks. If you have six cornerbacks, the six guy probably isn't going to be active on game days. And and Reed, like you mentioned, just given his versatility, I think makes more sense there. Uh, because he could play special teams, he could play basically any position in the secondary. Right. So I, I think they keep those five cornerbacks. And in combination with those five safeties, I think you have a little bit of versatility with those 10 guys. Yeah, I actually have six corners. I have Tim Harris, the rookie out of Virginia, making it right now. Um, but I wrote in my piece that that's not concrete at all. Um, uh, Emmanuel Mosley has, has done a nice job in camp. Greg Maven's gotten some first team reps as well. So uh, it wouldn't surprise me if they wind up keeping five. I have them keeping six right now, though, including Harris. Yeah, and the the thing is that's interesting is Jason Verrett's health and sort of how he's looked. He looks really good. He he makes you know one or two standout plays a practice, whether it's in individual drills or team drills. Um, and he doesn't look all the way back by any means to the player that he was when he was healthy as a as a Pro Bowler in 2014. But he does look. He does look healthy, and and there are signs of that. And Kyle Shanahan's talked about the thing with him is the mental battle, and regaining confidence in his body to, um, you know, to to exert itself like like he has in the past. So, I think overall the the signs are pretty promising for Verrett. He's he's been the starter since Witherspoon has dealt with his glute injury over the last few days, um, but they've also rotated in pretty frequently with that first team just to ensure that. They're not overextending uh, Verrett. Right. So overall, I think it's uh, that the the Verrett development is so far is a positive one. So that'll be worth keeping an eye on, obviously. And we'll see how he progresses back from the injury. So let's go to the defensive line. Uh, and this is, I think, the most robust position group, at least on my 53-man roster projection. I have them keeping, let's see, one, two, three. Seven, ten players. Okay, ten players on the defensive line. Obviously, DeForest Buckner, Eric Armstead, Solomon Thomas, uh, nose tackle DJ Jones, Sheldon Day, Julian Taylor, Kentavious Street, and the defensive ends, Nick Bosa, D Ford, and Ronald Blair. 
Uh, what, which guys do you have on your defense? I have nine of those 10. I have Contavious Street on the outside looking in right now uh, with, with Julian Taylor, DJ Jones, Sheldon Day, uh, Solomon Thomas, DeForest Buckner, then D Ford Armstead and Bosa. Um, that's where the one, the additional cornerback for me comes out of the defensive line there. And that's one of those things that could definitely change once, once we, we see how the rotations look in preseason games. Um, you've obviously been out at camp. You've seen what, how these guys have looked from all accounts. The defensive line has looked really, really good. Um, and having a deep group there wouldn't be necessarily a bad thing. So it definitely wouldn't surprise me if they wind up keeping 10 at that spot. Yeah, I think Taylor's had a pretty good camp. Uh, Cantavius Street, I mean, I just, I think he's going to make the team just because he was a fourth round pick and he's playing well. Mm-hmm. Um, like the, the, the reserve offensive line is probably the weakest point on the 49ers roster right now. And there are, there are times when Cantavius Street just, just mauls these sure. dudes. Uh, and the coaches talk about it all the time. Everybody says it. He's he's the strongest guy in the team, just in the weight room. Um, and so, you know, even though he he probably is low on the depth chart, uh, I think he makes the team just because they invested a fourth round pick. I think if they cut him, he would get picked up elsewhere. I don't think they would be able to get him to the practice squad. So those 10, I mean, the thing is, if you have 10 defensive linemen, there are probably two who aren't active on game day. Uh, so you'll have eight up. But you know, with Taylor and Street, you you have a little bit of depth and versatility because those guys can both play and and inside. They might not provide a ton of pass rushing burst off the edge, but they do give you a little bit of versatility in that they could play there on base downs and then kick inside in passing sure. situations. So uh, at linebacker, I have five five linebackers, and we've talked about how the 49ers sort of use a new look uh, new look formation for for their linebackers. They have a more traditional three three linebackers at the second level of the defense now after the last two seasons, sort of using that Sam linebacker as essentially a stand-up pass rusher to set the edge. Now that's the defensive ends job. So uh, I'm going with five linebackers. I have Fred Warner, Quan Alexander, Dre Greenlaw, who I actually think is the favorite to start at Sam right now. That's one of my, one of my camp takes. Uh, and then David Mayo and Elijah Lee, both because, both of those guys because they're versatile enough to, to basically play all three positions uh, and they could provide help on special teams. Uh, the key cut here obviously is, is Malcolm Smith. It's just hard to see them paying him given his injury history. Um, he's actually had a pretty good camp and his coverage has been pretty sticky, but anytime Malcolm Smith has been in coverage, even when it's been close, the the offensive player makes the catch. And I think the most classic case, I mean, it happened it happened yesterday, Sunday with Kyle Juszczyk running a wheel route up the up the sideline. Malcolm Smith was in really good position, but the the throw from Jimmy Garoppolo was right on the money and, and Malcolm Smith couldn't really do anything about it. The same on Saturday when Malcolm Smith was covering George Kittle on a touchdown up the seam. Um, you know, Malcolm Smith had his basically had his arms tangled with Kittles as Kittle made the catch, but Kittle still ripped the ball away. Uh, I, I mean, I, I think Smith is playing well. I think he's healthier than he's been the last two years, obviously. I just don't think you justify keeping him when you have somebody like Trey Greenlaw and you need that roster spot. And I just, you know, I don't see him. If he's not starting, I don't see him being super willing to to be a special teams guy. So that's why I think Mayo and Lee are probably more likely to to be the backups. And, and I think the 49ers keep five of those guys. 
Yeah, I have him keeping six. The five that you have plus Mark and Zacha because of Zacha's ability to play special teams. Although, um, like you said, Lee can can play special teams, so can David Mayo. And while those guys are valuable, you don't need a ton of them. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I have have him keeping six uh, at this point with Mark and Zacha making it. He was nearly a pro bowler last year, you know. (laughs) <laughs> oh, he was. Mark and Zacha, almost a pro. I think the thing with him is, um, now he was really sort of the, the stand-up, the classic stand-up Sam linebacker that they had last sure. year. Yeah. And just that position doesn't really exist anymore. So I, I think um, I think maybe that it, it would make sense for them to, to move on. And, and I think he would land on another team too, just on the back end of, of a roster, somebody like you said, who plays special teams. But uh, Kyle... Did you know, you know how when you sell things online, uh, getting your orders out can be a real pain. That's why you need ShipStation.com, because it's the fastest, easiest, and most affordable way to manage and ship your orders. No matter where you're selling, Amazon, Etsy, or your own website, ShipStation brings all your orders into one simple interface. ShipStation helps you get orders out quickly, save money on shipping costs, and keep your customers happy. And right now, Candlestick Chronicle listeners can subscribe to ShipStation free for 60 days when you use promo code BLUE. There's absolutely no risk. You can start your free trial without even entering your credit card info. ShipStation works with all the major carriers, including USPS, FedEx, UPS, even Amazon Fulfillment. So you can compare and choose the best shipping solution for you and your customers. No wonder ShipStation is the number one choice of online sellers. You'll ship more in less time with the best rates available. Just visit ShipStation.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in BLUE. That's ShipStation.com, then enter promo code BLUE. ShipStation, make ship happen. I really like that line, make ship happen. It's clever. It's a strong catchphrase. (laughs) All right, let's go to our our offensive projections now for our 53-man rosters. Uh, I'll start at center. Uh, Weston Richburg and Ben Garland. I guess we'll we'll do guard at the same time. Then you have Mike Person, Lakin Tomlinson, uh, and I have Najee Toran making it. And then the axe finally falling on Joshua Garnett. Um, he's going to be out for most of August with this ha- after having surgery on a dislocated finger on his right hand. Um, I just think it's time for the 49ers to move on. I don't see them paying Garnett. Uh, the his two million dollar cap hit as a backup, and I think you know Toran makes I, he's going to make six hundred thousand or something like that. I just don't know if there's that much of a difference. And Toran is somebody that this regime brought in. He's not a holdover like Garnett is. So I think this is the time when when the 49ers move on from Garnett, and maybe they can trade him. Uh, maybe there's a there's a team out there who would give the 49ers a conditional late round pick instead of just cutting him for nothing. Maybe there's some personnel office out there that, that had a really good scouting report on him coming out of Stanford in 2016 and think maybe they, they run a more power scheme or they can sort of resuscitate his career. I just think it's time for the 49ers to move on and and stop trying to bank on him because injuries have been an issue. Um, He's not a perfect fit for what they want to do. And, and I just think it's, it's time for, for the, the team to move on. I bet he winds up with the Ravens. That's my, that's my call. That's my take. Uh, I have eight offensive linemen. I also have Joshua Garnett getting cut. I have Najee Toran and Sean Coleman making the club along with uh, Staley McGlinchey, then Ben Garland, Lakin Tomlinson, Mike Person, and Weston Richburg uh, are, is my full offensive line. 
Uh, that's how I have mine written down anyways. I don't know if you wanted to go position by position. Yeah, I have nine. So yeah, Staley, McGlinchey, Coleman. I have Justin School making it because I think he's somebody that they like just given his experience, the fact that he started four yeah. years in the SEC. Uh, he could probably play guard. Typically, the guards in Kyle Shanahan's offense are about as athletic as tackles. So I think the fact that School is, you know, he's not athletic for a tackle by any means, but I think he's athletic enough to to play guard. Uh, he's versatile enough and experienced enough that, that I think he could probably handle that. So I have them keeping four tackles, Coleman and school behind the starters. Um, the thing is with Turan, he's probably limited to just being guard, but Garland could play all three interior spots and he's your, he's a backup center too. He's been working with the starters and, and it hasn't been Mike person starting at center with Weston Richburg out. It's been Garland because I think the 49ers are expecting Richburg to be ready for week one which means it's important to get person as many right guard reps as possible. So um, we'll have to see how that shakes out. There's a chance to keep 10, maybe just for depth. But like I said, I, I just don't think the the interior or the, the offensive line depth is probably the weakest, the weakest portion of this roster just overall. Um, right. But, you know, I guess there, there, there isn't really another guy outside of school, Coleman, Turan and, and Garland that I really feel like you're you're going to be missing out on if you don't keep them on the 53. Yeah, and that's that's where I think the 49ers have a little bit of a problem because they ran into some depth issues last year with injuries on their offensive front. And when you're looking at trimming this roster down to 53, there aren't guys who jump out as as reserves. Garland does because he's he's starting at center right now for for Richburg and can play both guard spots up versatility is good but then outside of that there's not really anybody that you're looking at and going wow that guy could push for a starting job someday right. and that's that's really what you'd ideally have but right. for the 49ers the hope is that they have the same starting five and whoever's behind them doesn't wind up mattering and then admittedly it's it's difficult to really get a great uh, great assessment of backup offensive linemen when there's so much going on. But I will say, you know, people are going to say, what about Ross Reynolds, the undrafted rookie from Iowa? I th- I just think he's a practice squad guy at this point. Um, and maybe he can develop into something. And, and as we saw, you know, anybody who, who ends up on the practice squad could very well end up on the team at some point because the Niners, <laughs> the Niners last year activated all 10 of their practice squad players at, 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 at any point throughout the season. So, which um, isn't ideal. No, it's not ideal. That was that was because they got destroyed by injuries, and and they're obviously hoping that's not the case. But you land on the practice squad, um, and I have an ish, an initial ten man practice squad, sort of as a as a bonus here. We can get to at the end, but um, I have Ross Reynolds as a practice squad guy, and uh, and I think that would make a lot of sense. So, uh, I guess now we're getting to sort of the the four most interesting uh, position battles. I guess we we did talk about corner a little bit earlier, but so tight ends, George Kittle. Uh, I have Ross Dwelly as a number two tight end, and then Tyree Mayfield, the undrafted rookie, making the team, and uh, and those are the three tight ends. And you like Mayfield, if I remember correctly, because of his versatility, right? He's athletic, and he can almost potentially play that that kind of fullback role as well. Yeah, yeah, I think he he get, he's really their only option to replace Kyle Uzcheck at fullback if anything were to happen to him. I don't think there's really anybody else on the roster that can do that. Mayfield's also a good athlete. He he could provide some value on special teams. Um, he's probably a better, you know, move tight end option than Dwelly. So I, I just like his versatility and his athleticism. And and there hasn't really been anybody else 
in that tight end group that stood out. Garrett Selleck's going to miss the first six weeks of the, the first six weeks of the season after having back surgery in May. Um, the notable thing for me here is that Caden Smith does not make the team. He's just mm-hmm. really been a non-factor, and and you know it's it's easy to see why he's he's a six-round pick. He's not overly athletic. He could develop into a good player, but he's another guy I think uh, is bound for the practice squad. And, you know, maybe that leads to him getting the call up at some point. But I can't imagine there are going to be a ton of teams banging the door down uh, when Smith goes on waivers if he doesn't make the team and, and plucking him away from San Francisco. And, and if he is, then you draft a, a tight end in day three again next year and try again. Um, sure. But for now, I think Mayfield's got Mayfield gets that nod. Yeah, I've got George Kittle, Caden Smith, and Ross Dwelly as the three tight ends. I did mention, though, Tyree Mayfield because you had talked about him as a candidate to wind up making the team. I would like to see Caden Smith in a game situation um, Mm -hmm. because ultimately that third tight end probably isn't going to be asked to do a ton more than than block. Mm -hmm. And um, I I, I think that if if it comes down to it, they're going to keep somebody they invested a draft pick in um, versus a, versus an undrafted guy if, if they feel pretty even about those two players. So I'm I'm sticking with Caden Smith for now. Uh, so so it's him with 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 Dwelly and, and and Kittle for the three tight ends. All right, that's understandable. So let's go to uh, arguably the the most intriguing position group on the 49ers roster this year. It it really, I mean it it could go a ton of different ways. Uh, Right now, and this is probably not the most surprising six guys, but I got Dante Pettis, Debo Samuel, uh, Marquise Goodwin, Trent Taylor, Kendrick Bourne, and Jalen Hurd rounding out the receiving court. Obviously, that leaves off Jordan Matthews and Richie James Jr. Um, and I think Sean Poindexter and Malik Henry, two guys who have who have some promise. I think those guys are going to wind up on the practice squad. But uh, you you could make the case that Richie James deserves a spot I think it's it's fair to say that he would he's going to end up on a 53-man roster somewhere I don't think the 49ers are going to be able to get him to the practice squad Mm -hmm. um he had he was really good particularly early in camp and all these guys have flashed at different portions of camp Trent Taylor has been really good um just sort of throughout and he's he's obviously a favorite target of Jimmy Garoppolo um, I guess you can make the case that Marquise Goodwin's status might be a little bit more tenuous than a lot of people believe I just think the 49ers like his speed so much and and sort of him in a specialized role could be really valuable and, and you couldn't really replicate that with anybody else. Um, I think Kendrick Bourne, just being three years in the system now, uh, he's of, of similar size to Jordan Matthews. Matthews is a little bit bigger. Matthews is a little bit steadier, but I think Bourne has more upside at this point right now. Um, and there isn't a ton invested in Matthews, so it wouldn't really hurt them to cut him. And Bourne is probably more willing to play special teams than Matthews. Uh, and right now, I think Bourne would probably be. I mean, if if you had if week one was tomorrow, I think Bourne would would play the second most of any of the Niners receivers, uh, just because of his experience in the system and, and his knowledge and his chemistry with Jimmy Garoppolo. I have Richie James making it over Kendrick Bourne. That's my only change. And that's almost solely because of James' ability to return kicks and punts. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure they're going to want Dante Pettis doing a ton of that, especially after he got hurt returning a punt last year. Uh, he may do it here and there, but I, I really like James' ability to contribute there. And the fact that he can play inside and outside 
at receiver. Um, so I'm I'm going with with Richie James over Kendrick Bourne for now. Yeah, I think that's fair. And and without James, really your your return men are probably you know on kickoffs it's probably Raheem Mostert, Matt Breida, or DJ Reed. And on punts it's probably Trent Taylor, Dante Pettis, uh, and Reed. So you you do have options there, but. Remember, Reed was the only guy to to have a special teams touchdown for the 49ers last year. Um, And that was obviously huge in that overtime Seahawks win in December. So, yeah, I I think that's that that's an interesting I mean, Richie James is is going to play in the NFL. I'm almost certain about that. I just don't know whether or not it's going to be with the 49ers. And I actually like I said, I I would I, I would expect Marquise Goodwin to be the one who might not make it if they did decide to keep James not born. Um, because I do think born is just, yeah, born is just somebody who, I mean, he surprised me, frankly, with how consistent he's been throughout camp. He, he's just, he's just a little bit different than everybody else. And, and I think, like I said, if week one was tomorrow, I think he would get the second most playing time out of any of the receivers. So and I think something he showed last time, or, or not last time, but last season, late in the year when when they really had to rely on him because of injuries in the receiving core, I think he showed that he can kind of play the role of that big-bodied go-up-and-get-it receiver. He made a couple of really tough, mm-hmm. contested catches uh, there down the stretch. I think he had one over Nikel Roby Coleman in, in L.A. that really stuck out in the red zone. So if he can be that kind of receiver, then then absolutely. I, I see the case for keeping him. All right. So at running back, uh, I have five running backs, including fullback Kyle Juszczyk. So it's Jarek McKinnon, Kyle Juszczyk, Tevin Coleman, Matt Breida, Raheem Mostert. Uh, I don't think there are really any surprises among that group. I think it'll be interesting to see how Kyle Shanahan divvies up the reps once McKinnon is is fully healthy. For now, I think Tevin Coleman's going to be the starter. But it wouldn't surprise me at all if McKinnon has more touches Shanahan mentioned, you know, last year not having McKinnon on third down. I think they had a lot of interesting designs for him uh, in terms of, you know, creating matchup problems and and things like that for McKinnon on third down because he's definitely the best route runner and pass catcher of of the running back group. Coleman's a good pass catcher out of the backfield, but I don't think he's the type of player that you can line up in the slot, or at least I don't think he's as effective there as as McKinnon would be against linebackers or safeties. So I think a healthy McKinnon offers the 49ers a dynamic that nobody else on the roster can really replicate. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how their workloads are are distributed. But I, I think those five running backs are a pretty safe bet at this point. Yeah, I'm I'm the same way. I, I have the exact same. And I, if I'm putting money on on anyone besides Garoppolo making the roster i feel like it's those five guys i'm really really confident that that's that's the group they're going with yeah and so that leaves uh so we've talked about 51 players on the team obviously that leaves only two quarterbacks which uh the backup the backup battle is is intriguing i wouldn't say there there's been a clear I, i wouldn't say either cj bethard or nick mullins has distinguished themselves um, but I went with Nick Mullins here. I went with the 49ers trading CJ Beathard. Um, obviously they, they, they could get something for him. They probably won't get a lot. It would probably be a conditional late round draft pick or something like that. But I do think as a former third round pick just two years ago, who has starting experience, who's definitely well liked just in terms of personality and locker room fit and somebody who works hard. 
Um, I do think there is somebody out there who will who would be willing to take a chance and trade for Beathard. Uh, particularly, you know, if, if there's somebody, another team that, that runs a similar system to Kyle Shanahan's and then they might be inclined to do that. So I have Jimmy Garoppolo and Nick Mullins as the 49ers, two quarterbacks, just because, uh, you know, I, I think there's a decent chance they keep three, but when you're in win now mode, like the 49ers are, I think ideally they would just have two quarterbacks so they can have that roster spot elsewhere. I think, you know, that, Having that open roster spot allows you to keep five running backs, which I think could be important. Um, I do have them with 10 defensive linemen. Uh, I think you're, you're sort of, you, you have to make sure the defensive line is a strength of yours. So you reinforce, you know, all the talent you have along that defensive line by ensuring that you have capable backups replacing them. Obviously there's going to be a drop off from somebody like, you know, DeForest Buckner to Julian Taylor or Contavious Street. But I think given that that's the strength of your team, you need to reinforce that with numbers. So that's why I think it's important to have 10 defensive linemen, uh, which is, you know, it, it's basically impossible to keep three quarterbacks with, with the numbers that we're talking about. So Jimmy Garoppolo and Nick Mullins, uh, that's it right now. And we'll see if that changes during the preseason, but I haven't seen a whole lot during training camp to, to feel really good that, that Mullins is better than Bethard right now, or Bethard is better than Mullins. Um, it's been pretty even so far. But is Mullins better than Garoppolo? <laughs> <laughs> he is not. <laughs> yeah, is, that's I I, I also have Garoppolo and Mullins with Beathard either getting traded or, or cut. I think if they tried to cut Mullins and practice squad him, I don't think that would work out. I think he'd get scooped up. So uh yeah, Garoppolo and Mullins are the two quarterbacks and Exactly what you said. The the thought of them keeping three really, really kind of goes away once you start digging into the rest of the roster because they're going to need depth at some at some spots just because they don't have proven starters or they're just kind of kind of shallow at certain positions. So, uh, yeah, two quarterbacks, Garoppolo Mullins. Well, that's it. Uh, should should I run run through my ten man practice squad projection? You te- you teased it. Okay. If if you don't, listeners are going to be upset. They're going to go, Chris. All right. I listened to the whole pod. This is me. Where was the practice? This is me squad? cracking my knuckles. Oh yeah, get yep. it done. Oh, they're not cracking. Oh, there we go. Okay. Uh, practice squad: Tim Harris, the cornerback, out of Virginia, the rookie draft pick. Caden Smith, the tight end, drafted out of Sanford. Ross Reynolds, undrafted rookie, out of Iowa. Austin Walter, uh, where'd he go? Rice. Running back yes. out of Rice, Wilton Spate, who uh, the quarterback who played for both Jim Harbaugh and Chip Kelly in college, which is fascinating uh, and strange. And Emmanuel Mosley, defensive back, can play in the slot, can play outside. I think there's a little bit of value there given his versatility. Kevin Givens, defensive lineman. Aziz Al-Shair, linebacker. Uh, Sean Poindexter, receiver. And Malik Henry, receiver. That is my projected 10-man practice squad, and I'm positive that that's why everybody listened to this podcast. Yeah, I think a lot of people went, wait, roster projection? Hopefully that means P-squad projection. <laughs> yes. And uh, you dropped the PS the, on us, the, so thank We have goodness. the P-squad projection. Uh, if you guys... <laughs> If you guys, uh, if you if you guys see any other podcasts uh, dropping their P squad projections, be sure to tag Kyle on Twitter and let him know. But I think yeah, the only if one. I have a if I have if I have practice squad beef, I'm letting people know. 
hey, sir, fix your P squad. All right. Well, the Niners are off. Uh, they'll be back practicing on Tuesday. They have their first preseason game on Saturday against the Dallas Cowboys. We will record another podcast probably Thursday for Friday. Maybe we'll preview that game and then we'll be back early next week with with sort of a review. Maybe we'll revisit some of our roster projections after things could change. Um, but we will talk to you guys then. And Kyle, congratulations again on your new career move. We can't specify what it is, but we will soon. And uh, I'm sure everybody's excited for you out there listening. Yeah, man, and thank and and thank you and and congrats to you on your your practice squad. Yeah, I think it's perfect. I think I'm gonna go ten for ten. Yeah. Yep. All right, guys, talk to you next week. Ship station, make ship happen. Promo code blue.